Okay, here are our warnings for this week. Uh, ADHD, um, drug use, um, uh, accidental death, and uh, just sometimes general mayhem. I think general mayhem might count on this one. Uh, our second warning is that we have pets. Uh, Sergi is currently trying to lounge on my keyboard to the point where I just turned it off because it was easier, and Orange is trying to make herself comfortable on the other half of my desk, and yes, see, this is why I turned off the keyboard, Sergey, if you're going to use all the function keys as a pillow. And occasionally Hound tries to climb in my lap, and then gazes at me adoringly, and demands to know why I'm not petting Hound. Yes, all of the chickens are put away, so there should be no chicken noises. And, you know, the, that's, that's the animals. Uh, and the final mention is ow motherfucker uh we swear yes and you just got a great example yes yeah, sergey why are you why why must you put mostly we say it swear at sergey let's be honest here it's uh, true i just watched hobbs or not hobbs shaw squeeze between the the sitting ball you have there in the bookcase to to get yep. through sergey is currently i guess using my fingers as a cat toy and it is painful and it hurts so those are all our warnings, um, and yeah, with that, uh, hi everyone, welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 273. I am, I have been sitting on this, this interview waiting for two months to be able to release it. Your, your little fanboy heart is, is near explosion. Near exploding. This week, I have Michael Bishop, the original... Beefcake the Mighty, and the current... I thought it was Blothar. Ah, currently Blothar the Berserker, lead singer of Gwar. Um, and I am just astounded that I managed to get this one. It was, it, it's a great talk. I cannot wait um, to share it with you. Um, but yeah, hey, did you know that, uh, that I told you, but, uh, for the people out there, did you know that, uh, uh, the lead singer of Guar has a PhD in music? That's, um, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. No, and I'm going to link to an amazing TEDx talk he did, and, you know, we'll talk about all that in the interview. Um, and it's, um... It's kind of a celebratory week for that. I get to finally share this amazing talk with you. I got some really good news that I can't share publicly, but I went out and uh, celebrated my success today with a little retail therapy. <laughs> um, and as soon as all things are done and I can talk about it freely, I will because uh, it's it was just you know it was just a good day, kind of a good day all around. Absolutely. You know, hi, hello, Shaw. Why? Mm -hmm. This is why my keyboard's turned off. I, although how Shaw Shaw just walked around my keyboard without touching it, uh, and like on the edge of the the desk, he for for his himboish size, he's he's very. Oh, now he's running across it because Sergey looked at him funny. Um, he's he's very you know careful. Um, I also had a pretty good day. Yes, you you said you had a good day. You had. Um, like, you had a couple good days last weekend, too? Uh, or last week? Last week, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. But uh, today was one of those days where I got so much done that 
uh, tomorrow I'm going to be like, when I just get a normal amount done, I'm going to be like, what a slacker I am comparatively. Why can oh, I not yeah, get so yeah. much done uh, every single day? But it was like, wrote the, did my, my thousand words, did the, uh, uh, script for the next bit of Bayo Corgi for Liz, w- did a run to the dump, picked up stuff, uh, dropped off some books at the used bookstore. It was just like, I did a bunch of little things, and it was like I had executive function today. Yeah. And uh, that's that's so rare, you know, that... Um, well, we, we had a weekend at a con where you were able to offload a lot of your executive function and then nap. Uh, well, it's true, but, yes. but I also, I was on a lot. So, yes. yeah, I mean, um, incidentally, anyone who, who is uh, uh, getting me to guest at their con, I am, in fact, a fairly good auctioneer, among my other skills. Uh, so... Uh, it was it was good. It was it was a great uh, great thing. And then I got a day off on Monday because I was recuperating from having been on for three days essentially. Yes. And then yes. today I was just like, all right, let's write this thousand words. Let's write that other thousand words. Let's do this thing. Let's go here. Let's drop this thing off. And it was all just very productive. And uh, yeah, that's that's lovely when it happens. And. So I anticipate using it as a club to beat myself with later in the week. Oh yeah, that's always that's always good. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, but overall, though, good week. Yes. So yes. since since the last time we we did this, and and in between there was you know the con, which was actually really good. Uh, local local for a con called Bewhiskered. I hardly recommend um, at least local people who happen to like anthropomorphic art, check it out next year. Um, we will not be guests of honor, but uh, it is just a nice, it's a nice furry con that's, you know, it's vibrant. It's got all kinds of, you know, nice people there. It's not that that's, you know, a problem with that there aren't nice people at fur cons, you know what I mean? Um, but, but yeah, you know, it's, it's nice. It's, it's nice. Um, and so uh, I'm, I'm, you know, looking forward to see how they do in future years because this was only their second one. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's only their second one, and they've already filled the one hotel and have to get a bigger hotel next year, which is pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, no, uh, pretty awesome. Oh, but you know what we really should do. Uh chop off some heads and let the blood spurt all over. I was going to say we should get to the interview, but I see you're already getting in the mood for it. So I yes. mean, yeah. <laughs> so if 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 you've never heard of Guar, um you're missing out. Guar is I can't decide whether Guar is a metal band, an art band, an art metal band or just an experience. I think it's all of them. It's it's a mm-hmm. a it is a performance art show. It really that is. releases albums occasionally. Yeah, and the surprising part about it, about it is that you're going to see when you go look up the videos, and if you saw Empire Records, you saw a clip of them. The fact that you know they're in these huge monster costumes, and they actually play their own instruments inside from inside those costumes, and don't suck. 
right? They are incredibly talented musicians, and they're doing it all in these giant monster costumes. It's kind of like um, a more recent band, uh, Cybernetic Spree. Um, I think there are one or two others, but that's really Guar, Cybernetic Spree. They're, they're all about putting on the show, and um, and they've been around for a while. Like I saw them live in '95. I my first introduction to Guar was in I think about 1989 um, uh, outside of the Goth Industrial Club, and one of the people I knew was like sitting in the back of his car. He says, "Come here, come here, come here. You have to hear this." And it was uh, Guar's first album playing on his cassette deck in his car. <laughs> we old folks. Um, but they have been, you know, a cultural item, at least in this area, because they're kind of local. They're based out of Richmond, Virginia, just north of us. Um, I saw them at First Ave in Minneapolis, but yeah, know. well, I saw them in Winston-Salem, uh, but it's just one of those things that it's like, if you've seen them then you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen them, you've at least heard of them, I suspect. And um, Michael Bishop is their lead singer. He took over for Dave Brocky when Dave Brocky passed. Um, he is he was one of the uh, you know first generation of performers with Guar. Um, he invented the character uh, Beefcake the Mighty, um, which. You know, and now he's he's you know leading the the band after after Brocky passed. Um, there's a whole great discussion on that. The Guar documentary on Shutter. We'll talk more about that in the interview. And honestly, let's just get to it, um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, folks of all genders, expressions, etc., etc., etc. I present to you Dr. Michael Bishop right after this. I am here today, and if my scheduling has worked out, it is almost Halloween, so this is a, a great interview to be ending the month of October on. We're actually recording it at the end of August, but you know how it goes. Uh, mm. I have uh, Dr. Michael Bishop, who some of you may actually know as uh, Blothar the Berserker, and the original, you were the original Beefcake the Mighty as well, weren't you? Yes, I was. Yes, you were, but, it, and in the meantime, when you're not touring and performing in these wild costumes you're also a talented musician you're a professor and um you have a tech startup somewhere so <laughs> no i don't have a tech startup um i i work at as a ux writer at a tech oh, okay. startup that's okay, a, yeah yeah but that's that's a lot going on so um I think for the first time in this entire 270-some show run, I've done a good introduction, but 
could you introduce yourself and maybe fill in the blanks that I might have missed? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, as far as the music career, you're right. Um, mm-hmm. Joined Guar when I was in high school. Um, was my, you know, I, I uh, <laughs> stayed in the <laughs> band for for seven album or for uh, seven years, four albums, yeah. and then left and did my own band called uh, Keypone. Um, that band put out a few albums and did a bunch of touring. Um, they're on, uh, on, uh, quarter stick records or touch and go records from Chicago. And, uh, then we did, uh, uh, after that, I went back to school, got a PhD, um, or went to school. I'd actually never gone. I went, my entire <laughs> career was as an adult, uh, an yeah. adult learner started at community college and then figured out I liked teaching and wound up getting a PhD in music at the university of Virginia, where I taught for about, oh, for a long time, 12 years, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so, and then after that, I uh, went to, uh, you know, when Dave Brockie died, the yeah. uh, lead singer for Guar, I was uh, asked to come back and, and sing for the band. And I have been doing that ever since. And we've been, you know, writing records and, going out and traveling and uh oh yeah i still work uh i can't be an academic but my i work in higher ed uh only i mean i can be an academic i just can't yeah yeah i can't really do like teach i can't sign a con contract for teaching because we travel so much um i was actually just reading a message from david lowry who's from that band cracker and he he teaches there's a few guys who do that, or, uh, and it's weird because I, I'm not sure how they manage that. But they must not just must not travel during the during yeah. the um, and uh, you know so the, it, it, that's what that's what I do. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I work at a tech firm, a UX as a UX writer. I work remotely, and uh, basically, I just you know write interface stuff for uh people that are doing a uh, promotion and tenure at universities yeah cool i mean i'm in i've been in tech for well let's not talk about it. i think from uh, about the same time you a little after the time you joined guar the first time is mm. when i started my career in tech so it's, wow. it's been a while yeah, yeah. <laughs> um that's that's actually there's a lot going on there. Uh, how how do you keep yourself organized with all that going on? I don't. Um, that's what <laughs> I, I thought was really interesting in the uh, like when I looked at the the, the questions that you sent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I struggle with with organization. I have uh, um, ADHD, uh, pretty bad. Um, I I found that out. I mean, I, when I was a kid, you know, they called it hyperactive. Yeah, yeah. And they had all that. You remember the labeling controversy? They were like, oh, God, yes. And the kids would rip the label off their chest on the commercial. And, you know, I mean, so it was really weird. I mean, I was always in learning disabled classes and accelerated learning classes at the same time, which was Mm -hmm. completely Mm -hmm. weird. Um, But a lot of that was because, uh, you know, yeah, like, I mean – I'm one like t- it's it's bad like losing keys every day like yeah uh not 
not good, you know, and my wife is a, she helps me. Um, and she's a big list maker, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, um, <laughs> but she helps manage my appointments. Um, and, uh, you know, it's weird. ADHD, it's kind of like alcoholism. Like it's a disease that you can get yelled at for having. Um, oh, that's a great quote. <laughs> that, yeah. it, it, it's kind of true too. I'm, well, my wife doesn't yell at me, but I mean, like, right. you know, like, like my bandmates or whatever. I mean, they, they really don't understand. And it really is kind of something that's looked at. Like I've been thinking about that. I was thinking about that a lot, actually, even today, because we were going to talk about how, mm-hmm. how weird it is that, uh, you know, there's no way that it can't sound like an excuse. You just have to sort of just blow off people who, who don't understand it or like, you know, it'd be like, you know, look, you're not a licensed clinician. So your opinion doesn't really matter to me here. It's like yeah. <laughs> condition. Right. Right. Uh, and, and I do better when I have medication for it. The weird thing is that, that because it's a controlled. Oh uh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I have trouble keeping the medication because with with traveling it's very difficult to schedule doctor's appointments mm-hmm. you know and like uh you know so uh, i'm one of those people that has to deal with like physician's assistants a lot because all of yeah. my appointments are very last minute and they can't write for it they can't write right. those scripts so yeah i mean it's a struggle for me to prioritize things and i mm-hmm. uh you know for a long time i believed that i put things off to the last minute because you know, it's, it's definitely true that like creativity works well with limitations. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so given a lot of time, you know, like I always thought when I, when I was, uh, you know, working construction and stuff like that or driving trucks, I was like, man, if I just had, was making my money off of music, you know, but then as soon <laughs> yeah. as I started making money off of music, I didn't have anything to, to do during the day. I just sort of like, yep. pardon you know, my dog. Yeah. Oh, that's all right just started filling my time up with like, you know, drinking and doing drugs and right. Not really doing. Oh, the Amazon guy is here to kill us. I see. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's funny. My, my wife, um, also has ADHD. She only got diagnosed about two years ago. Um, like right at the start of the pandemic. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I feel you on the, uh, the, the medicine thing because every time, she needs a refill she has to like get on a call with the with them and prove she's not selling it or abusing it right it's it's kind of ridiculous yeah and i have to drive i also have a sensitivity to some of the medications like i can't take them all i can't take adderall adderall really bothers me um i don't do well with it but um uh, but the, the, you know, I mean, definitely one thing that, that I, I found out when I went to school and it was actually mm-hmm. very emotional for me because they did all of this testing. Um, one of my, one of my professors said, listen, you know, you might want to get evaluated because you could get some more time mm-hmm. on your, uh, like for instance, your language exams. Right. Like, I mean, right, right. And so I went in to get evaluated and they were like, oh, wow, look at this. (laughs) (laughs) You're off the charts and you've been there for a long time. And I was like, Mm -hmm. and it actually made me cry because I was like, 
Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a reason for this suffering, right? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. And so it was a pretty powerful moment for me. But um, you know, and then and then beyond that that very real sort of issue, there is also some beliefs that I have to overcome, like the believing right. that I do that I'm more successful when my back is against the wall. So procrastinating, right? Oh yeah. Uh, you know, uh, so, uh, you know, uh, and also not being able to stop and take a break, right? Like I'm very mm-hmm. obsessive and thorough once I do get involved with something and it's so punishing that I tend to avoid starting because like, I know that once I start, it's going to be difficult for me to stop. Right. And it's weird. I mean, there is a way that those pathologies have, I think led to some success in my life. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was, I was going to say, I think I've seen more merch and updates and releases from Guar in the last three years than in the 10 years previous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, which is sad because, you know, I mean, again, uh, Guar was a band I was introduced to in the eighties. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but you're that's definitely true and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I just <laughs> I'm not it, I came into the organization and it was a little bit uh you know, you have to remember that they had been working, you know, Dave died in 2014, but Dave had been ill for a long mm. time. And so the band wasn't really working at its full potential. Uh, for quite some time. Right. I mean, really, really since before Corey, the guitar player had died. Oh yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, it, it was, you know, not, it really wasn't working that great. I mean, so, uh, being able to, we did kind of start again and, mm-hmm. and reorganize and reorganize the business and got new management and, uh, yeah, you know, set, some, set some goals. It's weird. Like, you know, that kind of thing I'm really good at, like, like <laughs> telling other people what to do. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I can't organize my life, but I'm very good at organizing writing as long as I'm not doing it. Right. Like, like I'm an excellent <laughs> editor, but I'm a terrible writer. Like, like, you know, so it, it's, that's, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's a talent thing. I mean, I'm, uh, my wife is a published author, like two books a year contracts, the whole kit. And, um, and it's very different. She can write all day long. Mm-hmm. I mean, she tries not to, but then she has the the flip side of, she hates editing. She's not an editor. Right. right. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a very different sort of, sort of mindset and skill set. So being able to have someone complimentary or to have a, a, a group that is complimentary to that with you is, is actually really powerful in that, that way you can, you can synergize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely true. Yeah. Um, so given all of that, do you have any habits or systems that you use to try to help keep yourself other than honey, will you remind me? I mean, cause that's what my wife does. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that is, that is one system. Um, and then, you know, like, I mean, over the years, like you just sort of develop all of these different habits of mm-hmm. mind, like, you know, to, so that you won't forget certain things, but, uh, you know, like, I mean, I invariably wind up hiding things for myself when I do that. Like, so it, it 
Like right. I, I'll think I have a new way of doing this. Like I can't have a new way of doing anything. Oh, um, yeah. I love, uh, I love zoom. I love being able to work from home. I think that that's helped me a great deal. Um, mm-hmm. because you know, just expanding the definition of what a work day is, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, I do, uh, you know, I'm able to, I am disciplined enough to work from home, which is like, you know, and, and, and that was before the pandemic that I did that. Right. Uh, and that's because I just kind of saw it as like, well, okay, this is exactly like doing homework for school, right? It's like, you just, you know, do it during the day. Um, so I could, I could do that. Like, you know, I mean, really like I didn't have to be at the university right. to work on, you know, lesson plans or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I do love, uh, I, I do use uh, Scrivener or Scrivener. Oh, good call. Yeah. Yeah. I use Scrivener uh, to organize my dissertation. Um, and that, that really helped. I don't think I use it like it's intended or to its full potential at all, but like, you know, it's kind of like, like audio software. I mean, I use that the same way. It's like, mm-hmm. I just figure out a way to use it that helps me. Um, and, uh, you know, I have had luck with logic and with, uh, and with Scrivener, um, as far as, uh, you know, logic, definitely the way of the flow of that work, mm-hmm. uh, allows me to, uh, I don't know. It's just, I get a lot done when I work in that program and I yeah, get a yeah. lot done when I work in Scrivener. You know, it's, 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 it's about having the tools that work for you. Yeah. Right. And so like I have been the, I have been that person who's changing tools all the time, trying to find just the right one, not realizing mm-hmm. that the problem is me, not the tool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, um, yeah, I'm a garage band person for editing all this stuff. I, it's, it's the workflow that works. And every time I try something different to make the podcast or whatever, it just doesn't like it, it becomes very painful very quickly. So yeah, like, you know, well, it, that's what works is, for me. Yeah. Logic is, I mean, I mean, Apple is their key. They're, they're the Kings of user experience. So, Oh yeah. You know, it's all about keeping it simple and that's, you know, and that's what I've done. I, I have gone out and found a bunch of tools that, that help me, um, you know, but I wind up using, I just use the stuff. Like, I use it like an eight track, you know, it's just, <laughs> yeah, that's what I do with it. I, I can't, I don't want to know how much stuff you can do with it. Cause then I'll yeah. waste time trying to do that or trying to learn how to do it and then not do it. Um, <laughs> The, the fun bit is I may have to explain to some of my listeners what an eight track is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And also I, I feel you on the hiding, you hide things from yourself. I, I went to, I, I was saying to my wife, um, you know, having your wallet constantly in the middle of the dining room table or the kitchen table kind of starts to make me a little, a little upset. And she's like, yeah, but if we put it anywhere else, I'll never find it. Yeah. Because that's where it belongs, right? Right. So. And my wife really got disciplined about that and helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like like there's a place for wallet, there's a place for keys, and uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's weird how like something so simple is so challenging, but you know, and it's and it, this is inherited. Like I know that mm-hmm. that this this is genetic. I mean, I, my mother struggles with it uh, a lot. Um, that's well. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Um, so that this is where we get a really interesting question. Um, with all this going on and, and with that, what, what does a, I mean, do you have a typical day <laughs> and you know, what does it look like? How do you figure out what to do first? I kind of have two kinds of days. Um, the okay. days at home and the days, you know, the days I'm home and the days on the road, uh, and then days off. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's winds up being four kinds of times, <laughs> kinds of day. <laughs> um, when I'm working, I wake up mm-hmm. at home, at home, I, I have meetings at work um, early. Uh, I do some work. I drink coffee. I, and then towards the afternoon, I start having meetings for the band. Um, okay. So it's, uh, uh, you know, interviews, media, business meetings. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, and, and then, you know, I drink coffee. I eat food. I work till the evening time. Um, mess around with my kid, you know, I like there are so oh, yeah. when I hear her call me, I just get up and run in there and we have some fun for a little bit. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, uh, at night after a dinner break, um, my wife, once my wife goes to bed, I go and mm-hmm. work in my studio, um, from anywhere from like, you know, seven o'clock or eight o'clock to four in the morning. Um, but I, you know, and I, I try not to, I try to discipline myself to get out there early and get in early. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of times that doesn't happen, you know, but, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's what I do when I'm home. Then when I'm on the road, you know, I, I wake up in whatever mm-hmm. place I'm at and I start doing work, uh, for Interfolio. And then after I do, uh, work for my job, my regular job. Um, we have, you know, it's very routinized and it's mm-hmm. actually, I find a little easier for me to get work done on the road because it's so mm-hmm. routinized. Right. Um, and I tend to like some days I don't work at all, um, when I'm supposed to be working on the road because I know I have days off and on days off when we're on the road, I get a ton of work done. Like I just sit there and work obsessively for like right, seven right. hours, you know? Um, and so, you know, it, since we have a day off about every seven days, that sort of works out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when, at home, when, when I have time off, I, I uh, go out and, and use, uh, I like to go fishing. Um, oh, there you go. You know, I like to watch, watch movies and, um, you know, I, I like to write, I have to spend some time writing. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of consider that studio time, I guess, but, um, I write some when we're on the road, I write some at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, when I'm, uh, in the bunk, so I wake up, do my interfolio stuff, do the, do the sound check, do the, uh, meet and greets, then do yeah. the uh, then then you have this downtime, and usually I'll work for Interfolio up until or for my I keep saying Interfolio it's the name of the company, um, yeah, yeah. I work for them up until the time I have found that I actually have to stop <laughs> uh, an a- at least an hour beforehand because if right. I don't then I won't be able to concentrate on performing. Um, like uh, if I don't give myself some time to get in that headspace, uh, 
then I'll forget lyrics. I'll forget action. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Guar is a very different band. I mean, it's a band where you have cues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're not you're, you're you're performing as an actor and as a dancer almost. Like, you know, so you're moving around the band around the stage in, in these ways. Um, and it's very uh, very vaudeville. I mean, the only. I was going to say the only act I think I've seen that that compares in terms of that level of coordination is Alice Cooper. Mm, yeah, you know, and he does love vaudeville. Um, oh, he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's a, it, it. Would be <laughs> I wish that we were as organized as uh, uh, you know. I mean, Guar is sort of an organization with ADHD. Um, but it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty fun. I mean, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's what my days are like. And then, you know, like I said, I, I, at home, I just sort of have a lot of barbecues with my in-laws and hang out with my baby and go to the beach and do stuff. I live in Sarasota, Florida. So, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, cause I, I know you were originally in Richmond. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up in the Raleigh area, which is why we oh, okay. found out about Guar really early. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, Florida, beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. Um, we were, we were, uh, we, we were on a cruise earlier this year that left from Fort Lauderdale. So, oh, wow. Okay. And then all That's our plane, all the planes got canceled. So we had to drive the entire length back up. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. In order to make it home before I had to be at work on Monday. Um, Jeez. yeah. Um, all right. I have to ask what, what's, what's the movies of choice? The movies of choice? Yeah, what, what, what? You know, I like. I, uh, I, I have a horror movie problem myself. So yeah, I mean, we we because we are on uh, are on Shutter. Like, I got a, a subscription to it. I watch. Oh it yeah, yeah. I, I, I watch that a lot, and 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 you know, and I, I'm a. Uh, I like horror anthologies. Um, I like things that are sort of like where you have a. A more trackable storyline, like you know, yeah, like, yeah. Like I, I really enjoy. So I enjoy watching, like, uh, just Comet has a, a lot of sort of old uh, horror anthology stuff on, and I enjoy watching that. You know, where they Ray Bradbury or somebody is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I enjoy that. I mean, because I, I am a science fiction and horror fan, and uh, you know, but as far as movies, like you know, uh, I've been getting into. <laughs> just anything that uh that has a good story i mean when, when we're out on the road we watch we watch a lot of films i didn't mention oh, that sure. a, yeah. lot of, a lot of times like you know at the end of the night you know so you get off stage and you come onto the bus that that's really where i watch the most movies is when we're traveling because around you know there's like four tvs on the bus so mm-hmm. around you know midnight when we get off stage, there's nobody on the bus. They're all working. And, uh, you know, me and a couple of the other musicians who don't do shit. (laughs) While other people are doing stuff, we'll sit there and, uh, and watch, uh, you know, watch movies. A lot of times I work while I'm watching movies too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, I mean, they, we watched, Every kind of science fiction and horror movie. I can't even really name, and, and we get into like, you know, the 
bad taste, you know, like that kind of movie. Oh, yeah. Or, uh, you know, I mean, RoboCop was a one that was a very important movie for Guar. Um, all of the Russ Myers movies were very important. And there's like this whole sort of like, like canon of movies that were significant to Guar. And it's weird because like we keep that tradition. I mean, we show mm-hmm. those movies when we, when we bring, you know, like we hire a lighting man. Yeah. Sit there and watch these movies. You know, he watches the movies with us. Like, like you got to, you know, Jekyll and Hyde together again, you know, like (laughs) you, you have to, you have to be steeped in the, in the influences to really get it. Yeah. And and so we, and so we put Mm -hmm. them through it. Like, you know, they, they go through, uh, you know, and, and the same thing happens with music. I mean, like Guar is a very sort of, it's a generational band. So there's like this sort of uh, generation, the generation that started it was into the earliest forms of Dungeons and Dragons was into Deep Purple and Kiss and the Tubes and, uh, you know, and, and had been into mm-hmm. like, you know, Aerosmith and, and Jesus Christ Superstar, you know, all of this sort of like oh, yeah. know, big, big time, like 70s rock. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just kind of got into punk, you know. So and they were really some of them like first generation you know, the, these, I mean, as close as you can get to 1977, right. If that's what you want to call yeah, it, yeah. I mean that, you know, the, that's when they were going through school, that that's that sort of the older generation in war that's, that was actually mm-hmm. older than, than Brocky. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> right. Right. So it's, it's weird, you know, then, then yeah. like there was a, a younger set and then still a younger set. And now there's yet another younger set. It's, it's pretty wild. And 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 you're coming in as you've spanned several of those generations at this point. So I was there in the beginning of the slave pit, uh, mm-hmm. but not as a participant. Um, like I, I remember, the very first thing I ever heard about Guar was, "You can come by the dairy," which was the Richmond Dairy. And yeah, I was, yeah. and they were having a party. They were like uh, this buddy of mine named Andrew was like, yeah, there's a party at the dairy. Um, it's at the slave pit. And I was like, okay. Uh, I didn't know that it was connected to Guar. And he was like, it's really hard to get in. And I was like, what do you have to know somebody? And he's like, no, you have to throw rocks at the window. And it's hard to hit the window. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, I, I, that's, that's like peak. Late seventies, early eighties, punk. I mean, it is it is right up. I we had a couple places like that in Raleigh. I, I will I will you know readily admit it. Um, uh, none of them got a, a a name and a national following though. So, but uh, and, and for those of you who are listening, go check out the documentary on Shutter because mm-hmm. if you haven't, it it will cover all of a lot of the fill in a lot of the gaps of of what we're we're talking about. Um, Absolutely beautifully done. I'm surprised you didn't get an IMDb credit on that, though. So <laughs> <laughs> I will um, eventually. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Are you ready for the fun questions? I mean, these have been sure. fun, but yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, at least I think these are fun. Um, and the the first is, what is the best advice you've been given? Um, and maybe in addition to that, 
They don't have to be the same, by the way. Um, the best advice you would give somebody else. So this was passed on to me by uh, Preston Long. Um, P.W. Long was his name. He was a, in a band called Mule, and the, he was in the Laughing Hyenas briefly, which is a um, and uh, Preston had been at a barbecue in Texas mm-hmm. where. Uh, Willie Nelson was, <laughs> and somebody asked Willie Nelson, like, and he was like, "Man, you know, this guy asked him, like, what do you, what's your secret to success?" And Willie said, "Don't stop." Everybody that I know, and this is so so obvious. Mm-hmm. Like, when you think about it, and as as a lot of really big revelations are very obvious and simple. You know, his advice was. <laughs> everybody that I've known, I've known some very talented people in music, great musicians, great writers. Oh yeah. And they're not in music anymore because they stopped. Okay. Everybody that I know who kept going, they're successful. Everybody, everybody that has kept yeah. going has met some level of success. Um, so that, that really like, you know, not stopping is probably the best advice that, that, that I've heard. And, and I, I pass that advice on, um, you know, I mean, like there's two, like there's, it's get started and don't stop. Like those are the, the things that, uh, that I tell people to do, you know? And like, if you find yourself wishing that you could do something, you're wasting time, you know, like, like don't, don't talk about it, just do it. And there's also a way that you can just, I've, I've, and I've seen this man uh, thousands of times, you know, this is why like people like, like work is, is the key to success. The key to great success and greatness is work with talent, right? Like, yeah. uh, but I've seen a lot of people that really didn't have talent just sort of pretend like, you know, uh, and then people with, if you do that and you have talent, then it, it works, right? Eventually you get what you're, what you're going after right? Like I pretend I'm a, a professional bass player. I pretend that I know how to write something and, and then you do it, you know, and, and right. like, once you do it, you realize that there really isn't any distance between you and the people who are doing this for a living. Right. Except for that mm-hmm. their circumstances are different. Yeah. Um, you know, and so you just like, you, you also just sort of never entertain the idea that you can't do it. Right. Like, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that that kind of shit doesn't like that's poison man yeah. um and when i get it and i do i do mm-hmm. when i get it it's uh, i gotta break out of it because it sucks it's not good which is actually a natural lead into the next question um the one i i call the sad but often easy for people to answer question um and that is how do you deal with uh failure or when you miss that goal keep going, readjust, understand that, uh, you know, I mean, one thing that's very hard for me mm-hmm. is practicing acceptance. Um, but you have to, because it'll eat you up, man. Like, oh, yeah. you know, like, like, and, and all of that energy, all of that energy, like if you sit there and you think, you know, I had a band that failed, I had a band that, that, you know, th- this or that didn't work or, or, you know, 
I put this record out and it wasn't good or, you know, I mean, and it's weird. I mean, like they're like a lot of musicians, like I can't listen to, I don't listen to shit that I've recorded. I don't listen to any of it because, <laughs> you know, once it's done, I'm sort of done with it. And then yeah. it, it changes this, you know, like it comes up in waves. Like you have to learn the shit and do it again. And, and, uh, you know, and there's a lot of variety. I mean, like, you know, you sort of add things so that you experience novelty. <laughs> That's not boring. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, really just don't, uh, don't let it, uh, you know, you have to accept when you fail and not struggle with it. Like understand that it's in the past um, and that everything changes and, you know, you're going to fail. You're also going to succeed. Don't get too happy when you succeed because you're going to fail. Um, you know, and don't get too despairing when you fail because you're going to succeed. Everything just keeps changing. Um, so you do, you, you know, people say stereotypically view it as an opportunity to learn and grow. Um, but, but, you know, I think that what they're really saying is practice acceptance, right? Like, Uh You know, and don't think about other people. Don't think about what you've missed. Don't think about how unfair it is. Just keep going. Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that. Yeah, I have, I have pills to help me with that because, uh, uh, you know, I've got, I, I've got the clinical depression, the long-term stuff. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, medicine has been really helpful for me because I will, I used to, uh, very strongly fall into that spiral about, oh man, I messed up this time. And now let's think about all the times in the past I messed up. And mm-hmm. then it just becomes this big negative cycle. Um, right. you know, it's, and something I've had to learn with the help of SSRIs has been how mm-hmm. to process that and internalize it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. cognitive behavior therapy helps too. I mean, Oh yeah. Yeah. All kinds of it, even DBT, like, you know, that's more extreme, mm-hmm. but well, yeah, yeah, but I I like to just try it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but medications are wonderful stuff. Oh yeah. Um. All right. Which actually, that you've you've kind of answered the uh, the opposite question, the uh, the happy but often difficult for people, um, and that is, do you celebrate successes, and, and if so, how? I don't really. Um, mm-hmm. I just kind of keep working. Um, and I think partly it's because I don't, <laughs> don't really like, like, you know, I, I don't necessarily feel success. Right. It's like, there's always something that I'm working towards. So I'm always moving towards it. So I, I don't, uh, you know, I, when I do celebrate it, uh, I think it's just, Uh, it's a weird activity to me, like, you know, <laughs> celebrating success. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I just sort of stop working. That's, that's my celebration is like, <laughs> stop working for a little bit and just try to enjoy where you're at, you know, and that again uh-huh. is more of that sort of acceptance, you know? Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, the, the drive is, can be disturbing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and 
I think it's important. I, I, I honestly think it's very important to, to take a moment and just enjoy where you're at in any mm-hmm. case, because that could change tomorrow. Yep. You know, and so it's, you know, appreciate what you have while you have it. And, uh, and then, yeah, next thing. Yeah. I'm really bad at celebrating successes too. It's, it's, it's a whole thing. So, yeah. <laughs> um, that is pretty much all of the official interview questions. Okay. Um, now as I, as, as my listeners know, as I, I told you in the, the emails beforehand, um, we stopped asking people to give us money um, in 2021 because we don't need it. And there are lots of people out there who need it way more than we do. And so we ask our guests for a charity um, that our listeners can give money to um, who need it way more than we do. Uh, and so you said, I checked, you, you said you, you had one. And so I'm, I'm excited to hear who you would like our listeners to support this week. Well, I like, um, the, the, the organization that, that gives out the Grammys, the National Academy mm-hmm. of Recording Arts and Sciences, has a charity called Music Cares. And Music Cares aids musicians that have fallen on hard times and who, uh, and in particular, like people working in this business, not only musicians, but technicians. Um, I mean, one of the big mm-hmm. stories, I remember that there was a big fundraiser for a guy who was a very, very successful producer, but you know, he doesn't, didn't have insurance and you yeah. know, most musicians don't. Um, so music cares is, is working on some solutions for that. Um, it's a place that you can go to. They helped out during the pandemic. They were giving money. Yeah. I got money from music cares during the pandemic. Um, so they just help people that are facing a wide range of sort of, you know, medical, financial, whatever personal emergencies you can apply f- uh, for help from them. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people work with them. Uh, mm-hmm. Perry Farrell does stuff with them. Uh, uh, Dolly Parton does stuff with them. So, I mean, there's a, a lot of, they raise funds and raise awareness uh, for mm-hmm. their you know, for the, for the charity. So, um, they also have one thing that they do also is that they have a free addiction recovery program. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. For musicians and, and for people working in the industry. And that's a, that's a, an important thing. Um, so music cares, um, and they're, you know, just on the net. It, it's like the word music a R E S. So it's like, you know, you just musy and then put the word cares on it. Music cares. Uh, and that's it. Wow. Um, yeah, I was going to say there's, there's a similar organization for science fiction writers. Wow. Um, who, uh, the, uh, yeah, the, uh, CIFWA, the, the science fiction writers of America have similar funds set up mm. because, uh, you know, the running joke, uh, whenever I'm, with the spouses of other authors is I introduce myself as my wife's health insurance carrier. Mm. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, uh, cool. All right. So, uh, where can we find you online? I mean, because you're going to be on the road. I just got the tour dates. Um, uh, but you're going to be on the road, but there will be other places to find you online yeah. during that time period. Yeah. You can check out, you know, Guar's on Shutter, like on uh, the, that mm-hmm. network, and then Guar.net is our sort of 
home base on the internet. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then do you, how about, do you have any personal ones that you want to, you want to share? No, um, <laughs> not really. I mean, I'm working on, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I have some projects that are going, but you know, they're all, yeah. like, I'm not, not raising money for them or anything like, yeah. you know, I just, I just, hopefully I'll be making money with them. Yeah. Um, and I, I will say, uh, one thing I am going to link is the amazing, um, TEDx talk you did several years ago, mm. um, cool. about the intersection of music and culture, uh, in Richmond, which I thought was mm. uh, a fascinating breakdown. Cool. At the time. Yeah. Um, wow. Um, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy ish schedule to uh to talk to us and uh i really appreciate it and anytime you want to come back you just say the word we'll make it happen all right well thank you kevin appreciate it yeah and uh for the people at home we'll be right back after this Okay, yeah, I, I, I. Do you know how much trouble it was holding back all the fanboy when I was talking to him? I can't even imagine. It was, yeah, yeah. It was, it was something else. Um, I want to thank Dr. Bishop for appearing, uh, for for sitting down and talking to me, and uh, Freeman Productions, the uh, Guars, uh, uh, production, not production, um, uh, publicity company to for uh, for like making all this possible absolutely amazing um yeah just uh just i'm still it's been two months and i'm still gobsmacked over this one right and so it is time for our word of the week and what is our word what is our word um just straight up blothar i would say do blothar the berserker but that's a lot um, although I've put longer in there, but no, Blothar. Spell uh, it for the nice people at home. B-L-O-T-H-A-R. Um, you go to productivityalchemy.com, you put that into the badge code location, and you'll get a shiny digital badge, an open badge that you can display and show proof that you <laughs> listen to the show. <laughs> for all those people out there who think you are just a listening poser. Yeah, right. I um, like, you know, all all one of them somewhere. Yeah. There is I and I know there are a couple of people out there who are like I still need to meet Kevin in person to get that one last badge <laughs> or be interviewed to get the I was a guest 
badge that you can only get by uh, by volunteering as tribute and sitting down and having a talk with me. How do the people volunteer as tribute? Well, you know what? There are a couple of ways. Um, one, you send me an email directly, kevin at sunny.com, that says, I would like to be a guest on Productivity Alchemy. You can go to productivityalchemy.com, the exact same place where you get those badges, and uh, use the contact form there to, you know, say, hey, I want to, I volunteer as tribute. I don't know why people started saying I volunteer as tribute. It just sort of stuck. Um, <laughs> I, th I know it's a Hunger Games joke. It's a Hunger Games, yeah, it's a Hunger Games thing. Um, but, yeah. Um, and Productivity the, Games. That actually sounds kind of cool. <laughs> I shouldn't think about that. Probably not. No. Um, so yeah, while you're at productivityalchemy.com and filling out that contact form and, and looking at all the fancy badges, you can also look at the show notes. You can look at prior episodes. You can listen to prior episodes and guests and uh, all sorts of other things. Um, there is, however, one thing you should not click. Yes. Stay away from the link about support us. Yes. Under the about, there is a support button. Do not click it. Yeah, we, we, we're, we're good. Yeah, we're, we're good. We will tell you when we need you to click that. <laughs> yes, but at the moment, we're fine. Other people need a lot worse. Yes, yes. And, uh, and this week... Um, Who can use it this week much more than we can? Uh, music Cares. All right. Um, recommended by um, Dr. Bishop. Uh, music Cares, which aids musicians who have fallen on hard times... Uh, especially like during the pandemic, they have a free addiction recovery program. Um, the fact that many of the musicians you know and love uh, were able to support themselves when they no longer could perform shows um, is because of Music Cares. Um, a lot of people don't realize that if you're a full-time musician, you're not making money from record sales. You're making money from touring. Yeah. And merchandise. Um but, uh, you know, and I mean, the people who work with Music Cares include people like Perry Farrell of Jane's Addiction and Porno for Pyros and Dolly Parton. And any organization that Dolly Parton supports, you know it's worth supporting. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so so check them out, musiccares.net, as I recall. I just um, love we live in a world where the same organization is being suggested by Dolly Parton and Blothar. Right? And Perry Farrell. Yeah. Um and, uh, and, of course, the big uh, tribute for, um, now I can't remember his name, uh, the Foo Fighters drummer, um, who... Grohl? Um, no, Grohl was, uh, Grohl was the lead singer um, and was the drummer for Nirvana. He's a uh, uh, lead singer of, of Foo Fighters and lead guitarist. Um, no, I, I can't remember his name now. Okay. Taylor Hawkins. All right, yeah. Taylor I, Hawkins, who who died. Uh, I, I took in the last one year. stab. <laughs> no, it's fine. Dave Grohl is, I mean, and Dave Grohl is a big supporter of Music Cares. He, they did a Taylor Hawkins tribute um, concert that gave all of the proceeds uh, to Music Cares, right? And it was a fundraiser for Music Cares. Um, so you know, that's that's the sort of organization I can get behind. Um, but that's it for this week. So you're still scribbling on book plates? I'm still signing book plates. Sign those book plates. I sign like the wind. and To be free again. What? Sign, sign like the wind, to be free again. I always think born free. 
Sign free. Sign free. Yeah, free okay. as the wind blows. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway. we, we should we should end this and like go watch some My Hero Academia. Yeah. Yeah. We should we should definitely do that. Um, so, folks, get out there, um, do your best, and if you have a success, even a tiny one, celebrate it. Absolutely celebrate it. And uh, in the meantime, do your best to um, stay productive. Woo.